Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, August the 19th, 2022. It is currently 3.12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studios located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, we have made it. We have made it to the end. We are about to conclude our building the best Bible study method ever. We are about to conclude our building the most comprehensive book study ever put together in the history of Christianity. We have com- we are about to complete what we are calling the comprehensive book study method. And I hope that you have been very, very, very much, well, blessed. Is that a good word? Very much helped. Is that a good word? I just hope you have found something that we have done and all of these hours of working on this and all of the hours of building it to be something that is beneficial, something helpful, something useful, and something that maybe not right now, but maybe six months from now, maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, you may completely forget where you heard this, you may completely forget that it was the Theology Central podcast. That's completely okay. But I hope that at some point you'll look back going, wow, this, this is a pretty good, this is a really good Bible study method. And this has really changed my understanding of scripture. It's really helped me in my study. It's really helped me uh, gain a greater understanding of scripture. That is what I, that's what I'm hoping. But that's, that's, that's what I'm holding on to. That's what I'm clinging to. But we have made it to this point. This is the end. This is the conclusion. This is the dramatic conclusion so far. I have taught you the book background method of Bible study. I have taught you the book survey method of Bible study. I have taught you the chapter analysis method of Bible study. And today, I am going to teach you the book synthesis method of Bible study. Because today, we reach the epic, dramatic conclusion.
Every epic journey deserves some epic theme music. I mean, come on, you have to agree. Every epic building project, when that building project is finally revealed and finally opened, doesn't it need some epic theme music? I, I will argue it does. And we have been on an epic journey, an epic building project to put together the best Bible study method ever, the most comprehensive book Bible study method ever. And I hope that you will agree by the time this is over because, well, well, I hope you already agree because we, we've reached the end. I mean, this is it. Today is the last part. It is the last part of the building. It's the last block. Uh, and as we put this in and, and complete this, I hope that you can agree. I, I don't know how many people will use everything that we have done, but put it this way. I have handed you so many tools to help you in the study of God's word. I mean, even if you don't use this all, I mean, think about it. I've given you individual Bible study methods, so you can use them individually. I'm now giving you a comprehensive study by putting all of these together. And even if you throw out the Bible study methods, right? If you say, I, I don't care about the book background method. I don't care about the book survey method. I don't care about the chapter analysis method. And I don't care about the one you're going to cover today, the book synthesis method. Even if you throw out all the methods, if you just take the individual parts and the individual uh, principles and ideas that I offered in those studies, if you just take some of the individual steps, if you think about it, your Bible study tool toolkit, your, your Bible study toolbox should be full of tools right now. I mean, even if you throw out everything I've given you, but you just take some of those individual things, your toolbox should be full. So at any time you can reach in and grab, I'm going to use a little bit of that. I'm going to use a little bit of that. I'm going to use a little bit of that. And if that leads you to becoming much, a much better Bible student, if that leads you to being able to help others study the Bible, if it protects you from other people manipulating and twisting the scripture, then guess what? I've accomplished something even if you never use any of these Bible study methods. That, that At least uh, that's what I'm going to tell myself. I mean, ultimately, you decide what I've accomplished or what I have failed to do. Now, I will admit that when it comes to the chapter analysis method, I do believe that I could probably redo that, tweak that a little bit, and make it a little better. But I do promise you this, in just a couple of weeks, when we begin to utilize these methods and the study of some of the minor prophets, I think what we're going, I'm going to try to turn on the microphone and just kind of take you step by step, like, okay, here we go. We're going to use the comprehensive book Bible study method. But here, we're, we're right now, we're going to do the book background. As I try to take you through each step and try to say, here's what I'm doing in this step to this one of the, you know, whichever book we choose in the minor prophets, I think they'll become more clarity. So I guess this is what I'm saying. If at any, if I did not do a great job in the chapter analysis method, just please show patience and grace. And when we start actually utilizing this in the study of a very specific book, then maybe you'll go, oh, okay, now I get it. 
Now I understand. But please, at any time, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and say, I, I didn't understand this part, or I didn't understand this part, or wait, I'm trying to study this, and, and I'm trying to use the method, but I just don't know how to do so. I'll take the passage, grab part of the method, and say, this is how I would use the method to help you with that passage of Scripture. Because again, you studying requires a method. I mean, you can't just read, highlight, and interpret. That's that's what so many Christians do. read, look up a commentary, maybe look up a couple of cross-references and think, I've studied the Bible. I'm like, I don't know what any of that was, but that's not really Bible study in any meaningful by any meaningful definition, you need these methods that give you step-by-step instructions and what to do. So we, I've given you so many principles about it so far. Hopefully you have all of them down. But are you ready? I mean, we've made it to the end. This is the dramatic conclusion. I'm trying to drive that point home. Book synthesis. Now, before we get to book synthesis, I'm going to go back to the allegory, the kind of the illustration that I have been using through this entire series on the best Bible study method ever. Are you, are you ready? This is very important. This is how it begins. When you open up your Bible to the table of contents and you see a list of those 66 books, I don't want you to ever see them as 66 books ever again. I want you to see them as 66 individual portals that transport you to a different time, a different place, a different culture, where there's different religious ideas, different ideas about morality, a different political structure, a different language, a different everything. And I want you to remember that when you step through that portal and you arrive in that different place, that different time, that different culture, different language, different everything, that you're not to arrive there and just look at everybody and go, hey guys, this is all about me. I'm here now. It's about me. I don't care about you. I don't care about your culture. I don't care about anything other than what you, that I can take what you have done, what you have said, and I can make it about me. I want that mentality to be erased from your brain. And I know that if you're, at least in the American church, that's how, I mean, every devotional book, everything is just jump into the Bible. You just jump into the portal, arrive, grab something, and rush right back out. And we've got to stop that. We've got to show uh, reverence to the text. We've got to show respect to when it was written, who it was written to, what it was about. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to realize it wasn't about you. It isn't about you. And it may never be about you. I can hear some American Christians going, it's not about us. How dare, we're Americans. I, the, the whole Bible was written about America. Okay, a little bit of hyperbole, but you get the idea. We've got to stop that, okay? So I want you to see all of the books as portals. Now, before you step into that portal and arrive in a different place with different language, different culture, different religion, different politics, different everything, you've got to be prepared. So the first thing I taught you was the book background method. You need to, you need a background briefing to understand where you are going so that when you step through the portal, you're not just kind of looking around all confused, discombobulated, going, I don't understand where I am. No, you'll, you'll be perfectly prepared. So the first thing you do, is you study the background. 
So you know the who, what, where, when, and how of basically the book. So when you step in, you're not confused. You're ready to go. Now, as soon as you step into the portal and you arrive, your first thoughts may be, let's take off and just go run right into this, this culture and this place. Let's just run right into it. Just Let's just announce, I'm here. But no, 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 no. As soon as you arrive, as soon as you step through the portal, as soon as you open up your Bible and you get ready to read, as soon as you start, you need to immediately stop moving. You need to kneel down. And then on your back, there's a backpack. And in that backpack, is a drone, a very, very sophisticated drone, ultra high def cameras. It's ready to go. I want you to take off that backpack, take out that drone and launch the drone. And the drone is going to do a flyover. It's going to survey everything so that you have some idea of where you're going and what's going on. This is the book survey method. So I taught you how to survey the whole book. This gives you an overview. All you need to do when you first get there is before you rush into the verses, before you start reading the words, you stop and say, I need, I've done a background of the book. Now I need a survey of the book because you can't, this is very important. You can't just rush in and explore everything. So you kind of need an overview so you know the structure and where you're going. Okay, we're going to go here. We're going to look at that. Then we're going to move to that. We're going to move to that. So here's what you do. You launch the drone. You do a survey method. Then when the, when the drone comes back, you're just to sit there and review the drone footage. Now, you've got the background. Now you've got the overview. Then at that point, you're going to move in and you're going to start exploring this, this land, this culture, this people, this religion, this morality, everything about it. But you're going to do so in doing it by individual parts. Because as I've already said, you can't explore everything at once. So what do you do? Well, in this new, this, this land that you've stepped into, everything is broken down by chapters. Now we know chapters were not in the original, but this at least gives you a systematic way. So you need to be able to analyze the chapters and those chapters are made up of verses. So you need to analyze the chapters and the verses and the words. So I taught you the chapter analysis method and how to do that. So background, survey, analysis. Basically, the background, the overview, the survey, and then really the individual parts from chapter, verse, and words. Now, by the time you're done with the chapter analysis method, you've kind of broken everything down into very small parts. Now, before you get, before you finish your exploration, right? If you think of it, you enter, if you think of it this way, you enter into the portal in one place, but the exit is on the, uh, on the other end. So from the time you enter into the portal, you explore everything and you make it to the other end right before you finish the book, right when you get to the end, before you exit the portal on the other side. You need to then spend some time doing a book synthesis method so that you can put it all back together because all you're going to have is a whole bunch of individual parts and you may be somewhat confused and everything may seem, I don't really understand. What did I accomplish? The book synthesis is to help you put it all back together. Now, I'm really pushing that illustration. I'm really pushing that allegory because I think it gives you an idea of what we are doing. Background, survey, analysis, and now it's synthesis. 
the book synthesis method. This is how it's typically explained. How to tie a whole book of the Bible together. That's what you're doing in the synthesis. You're putting it all together. You're tying it all together. We've, we've spent the time in the chapter analysis looking at the individual parts. Now we've got to put it all back together. And if we don't put it, put it all back together, see, this, this is what happens. This is very important. This happens in churches that do a very good job with exegetical verse-by-verse teaching. They do a good job in doing that, but something sometimes go, goes horribly wrong. They'll give the background, but sometimes the background of the book is forgotten by the time you're in sermon number seven in chapter one. You almost forgot the, sometimes we start, we forget the background and we start making those individual sermons about us and about the congregation and we almost forget the background. A lot of times, once we get into the verses, we kind of forget the overview of the book and we, and we get, we almost start missing, we stop missing, in a sense, we start missing the forest because of the trees. We're so now into the trees and the weeds, we almost forget the survey, we almost forget the background. That's always a problem. But you can understand why when you start verse by verse and you're going to be like, we're going to be in this book for one year, two years, three years, four years. It's easy to do that. So this is why whenever you get to the end of a book, especially in preaching or teaching, you need to present a synthesis so that you can put it all back together so that no one, when it's done, has missed the what the, the background of the book, what the purpose of the book is. You got to put it all together so that at least when you end, you still have maintained an understanding of the book as a whole. And, and maintaining that is important because so many times when we get into the individual parts, sometimes we start ripping it away from the whole. And it's easy to do so, even though it's not intentional. The book synthesis is to kind of say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think we, I think we, I think we're, we, we, we rip some things out of context here. So it's tying the book back together. And studying a book of the Bible, we begin with a background. Book survey, which examined the book as a whole and came up with a tentative outline of the book. Then we examined the book carefully, chapter by chapter, analyzing each verse in each chapter. Now we come to the last method, right? And this method will help you summarize and condense what you have learned from the previous methods. The book synthesis method of Bible study involves studying a book as a whole unit of thought by reading it straight through many times and summarizing its contents on the basis of somewhat of your previous study. We'll see how much we're going to do that. And the analysis of each chapter. The word synthetic is derived from the Greek preposition sin, which means together, and the verbal root uh, the, which means to, to put. So that the resultant meaning is to putting together. Synthetic is the opposite of analytic, which means a taking apart. So in the, in the analysis, the analytic, we were taking it apart. Now we're putting it all back together. Now, the, the book synthesis method is the natural conclusion to an in-depth study of a single book of the Bible used in combination with all of the other methods I've taught you so far. This will enable you to see the book as a whole again after having looked at the parts in detail. This is important because you've been looking at so many details, you've forgotten the whole. So at the end, you got to remind yourself of the whole picture so that when you're done, you maintained a understanding of the whole picture. It is very, very important. 
All right. Very important. You put the book back together so you can see all the details of the book in the proper perspective. All right. And we're, 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 I mean, I could go far more into details and describing it, but I think now I think I've done far enough there. I'll stop myself because I could, I could really just continue to repeat this so that people get it. But are you ready? We have seven steps, seven steps to the book synthesis method, right? And this is the last step and what we're calling the comprehensive books Bible study method, the comprehensive member book background, book survey, chapter analysis, now book synthesis. Please go back and listen to all the methods, right? Again, I'm, and I'm willing to admit the chapter analysis yeah, I'm not super happy with it, but I, I did ask some people today. I didn't give them much time. Hey, are you sure it was okay? I kind of got, yeah. I mean, I don't, I did, I don't think anybody hated it. I, I think they all realized that it was a lot of information. So, but I didn't wait. I didn't stick around. I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to finish this up today because, um, we're, we, we have to be ready because in a couple of weeks we begin our work on the minor prophets using this method and it's going to be, uh, it's it's going to be, <laughs> I hope it's going to be fun and hopefully everyone will participate. And if you know anybody who wants to actually engage in Bible study, actually using a method and they are doing most of the work, then tell them to join us because I think it should be fun. But are you ready? The seven steps to the book synthesis method. Now, for those who have been listening to me teach these methods for basically my entire life, you know, every time I teach them, I change them, okay? I'm always modifying. I'm always modifying them, trying to make them better and trying to make them work in, in certain situations, okay? If I, if I teach these individually, I change it. If I combine them into what we're calling the comprehensive book Bible study method, I then I, I, well, I modify them again. It all depends on how they're being used, okay? Bible study methods are tools and you're free to modify those tools so you get the best results, if that makes sense. Here we go. Step one. Oh, man. I don't, I'm trying to avoid saying step one. I am so trying to avoid saying step one. Because as soon as I say it, you, you can, especially whenever you teach it live in front of like, you know, an audience, you can almost see in the eyes of about 99% of the people, nope, not going to do it. This is ridiculous. Because if you've noticed this comprehensive book, Bible study method requires you to read the book a lot. It requires you to, because you're actually studying the text. And remember, you can't study the text until you've observed the text. And one of the key ways of observation is reading. So, yeah. So guess what you're going to do in step one? You're going to reread the book two times. Now, so usually I say three I've sometimes said five, but I'm going to reduce it to two. I'm going to reduce it to two. Now, if you can pull, if you can pull off three times, in other words, if it's a short book, three times. But when you just read this, I don't want you taking any notes. I don't want you looking at anything. I don't want you to do anything. Just read it two times in one sitting, if possible. Not, not both times in one sitting, but each time in one sitting. All right. But I, I don't want you taking any notes. I don't want you looking, no study Bibles, nothing. Right, this is very simple. You're just rereading the book. Number two. So number one, reread. Number two, reconsider. Reconsider. I want you 
I want you, after you've read it two times, to write down anything new that you have seen going through the book again. I want you to anything. Oh, I didn't see this before. Wait, I, well, I didn't, oh, wait, I missed this. Wait, just start writing down anything. You may not have a lot to write. Sometimes you'll be shocked. You're like, wait, I've done the background. I've done the survey. I've done the analysis. And then I sit down and reread it and realize that I, wait, wait, what just happened? I missed all of that. How did I miss that? That's always fascinating. But what's, this is very important. And so write down anything you think you missed. Anything that you've seen this time that you've missed before. So just say this. Write down anything you have missed. And and next, write down anything you feel you need to change from your previous understanding. Not only will you see things that you missed, you'll go, wait a minute. I I thought this, and, and there's just no way that's right. All of a sudden, you'll realize you need to change something. Write down what you're changing. Write down your previous understanding and write down your new understanding. It's very simple. So you reread it, you reconsider. And you reconsider, you write down what you missed and you write down what you may need to change. Very simple, very easy. You may not have anything. You may have a few things. Just write it down. Number three, put together a final and detailed outline of the book. Do not look in any commentaries. Do not use a study Bible. This is your outline. You've done a background study. You've done a survey. You've already done some outlining. This is to be your final, like, this is it. This is the dramatic conclusion, right? This is the dramatic conclusion. I mean, do do you have to do this again? Okay, I won't, I won't play the whole one minute and 35 seconds of that intro, but I don't need to play epic music. But right here, this is where, this is it. This is now you get to take everything you have seen, everything you have read, everything you've understood, and you're going to outline the entire book. Now, this is overwhelming for so many people, and this is what blows my mind. So 99% of Christians won't even engage in this. They won't even try. But guess what? Those 99% who won't do this are the same ones arguing about Scripture, arguing about doctrine, arguing about theology on social media, arguing in small group, arguing in Sunday school. They will tell you what it means and why they, but they won't do the work. And I, and I hate to say this, at some point, Christianity needs to tell Christians, no, you don't have a right to argue. You don't have a right to offer an interpretation. You haven't done any of the work that's required. And I know that sounds mean and harsh, but it would help Christianity dramatically. Hey, if you're not doing the reading, if you're not doing the study, if you're not putting in the work, then you don't have the right to act like an expert. You don't have the right to tell other people they're wrong. You don't have that right. You haven't earned that right. But many Christians believe it's like a a birthright. I become a Christian, boom, I can interpret the Bible and I can tell people what it means and I can tell people that they're wrong. And it's like, where did you, where did you think that way? Like you have to acknowledge what you don't know. Most, most Christians, I will argue, most Christians have never done the kind of Bible study that I have presented. They don't, in many cases, they don't even know these methods. They don't even know how to, they don't even know how to do these methods. They don't even know the steps. But even if it was to give it to them, they wouldn't do it. But guess what? They'd be on social media. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. 
No, that preacher's wrong. No, that's the wrong way to interpret that verse. That's not what that means. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. That's, yeah, it's, it's got to be nice to act like you're right. Tell everyone they're wrong. Have your interpretation of a scripture based on basically no work other than listening to some sermons and reading some commentaries. That's got to be wonderful just to be able to be that arrogant, that, that narcissistic to think that you can just figure it out. 2,000 years of church history, there's been nothing but disagreement and disagreement and disagreement. You think you can just automatically be an expert and start telling people they're wrong? I, and it's usually Christian men. It's what, oh, man, I hate to say it, but Christian men drive me crazy with that nonsense. So arrogant, so puffed up. You know, oh, wow, you, 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 you've you got it all. And, and and when you start listening to them or they start arguing, you know what they're doing. They're cutting and pasting from their favorite pastor or from their favorite website, their favorite blog. They haven't actually done any meaningful study. They've listened to other people conclude that other people are right. Now that's their position. They've not done a survey or analysis or an outlining of a book. Most Christians, have fine. you don't believe me? Go ask all the Christians you go to church with. Just walk around on Sunday with a clipboard. Say, hey, excuse me, okay? Sorry to bother you. I know you don't, you know, depending on how big your church is, you may know me or small church. Hey, guys, you know me. Let me ask you, have you ever studied the Bible and created your own outline of the book? I bet you it's going to be, ask your pastor. Ooh. No, pastors borrow outlines from the materials they use to put together their sermons. And this is a shocker. Some pastors, they don't write their own sermons. Some very famous ones. They pay money. They subscribe to sermon writing services where you kind of tell them what you need. I need a, I need an, uh, a sum, a book summary. I need an outline. I need that. And, and they, those services, they have a staff of researchers who will put everything together and send them all nice and compiled. Here's your survey. Here's everything. And there's some very famous pastors who've acknowledged using these services. It's pretty embarrassing. That's why I can't stand when Sunday school teachers don't actually know how to study the Bible. They just use the curriculum that's handed to them. Hey, here's your, here's your quarterly. Go teach them this. No, I don't want Sunday school teachers who just follow a curriculum. I want Sunday school teachers who can put together a Bible study because, well, they study the Bible, right? But I know. What a crazy concept. What a crazy concept. I'm trying to give you some practical. And all of these studies, I've tried to give you very practical ideas as well. But here, I want you to put together a final and detailed outline of the book. This, this, this is your final one. This is the, this is the outline. So you've got to make sure it's final. You need to make sure it's detailed and outline the book. Now, for the first time, when you do this, you're going to be so like, I'm going to outline an entire book of the Bible. You've got to be kidding me. Now, look, if you've done everything that I've asked, the background, the survey, and the analysis, you got to be in pretty good place. You've got to be in a pretty good place to at least create. Look, your first one is going to be very simple. Don't worry about it. Just the more you do it, the better you become. And guess what? Those who can outline a book are those who have mastered the content of the book. 
those who have mastered the content of the book are protected from those who would misuse, mishandle, and try to twist the book. It's that simple. Those who can outline a book are those who've so mastered the contents of the book that they immediately will detect when someone is ripping a verse out of context from said book. Now, the only thing you need to know about your outline, everyone knows this. This is the rule. Outlines are never, never, never to contain interpretation. If an outline has an interpretation in it, you fail. Like if I was, if this was a hermeneutics class and, I'm, and you're getting ready to turn in your final project and I'm going to look at your final outline of your book. If I look at your outline, I'm going to, and I say, oh, I'm going to put a little mark by it. I'm going to put a little mark by it. And the next time you're at class, I'm going to say, hey, we got to talk. Come here. I would get you away from there. Okay, please. I need you to defend your outline. Defend your, I think that that's an interpretation. Prove to me it's not. And if you can't, I'm sorry, you're going to, you're going to fail. I'm going to, I'm going to fail you on the paper immediately. Like there's no, there's no give or take because if you're going to learn hermeneutics, you cannot put interpretation in an outline. Outlines are observational tools, not interpretive tools. You can't interpret until you have observed. That outline needs to be the best observation of the book as a whole. And you're observe, you're basically taking what's in the text and placing it on paper. So I know I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on some very important principles there, but I want you to have these down. So let's go through this again. Step one, reread the book at least two times. Two, reconsider. Write down what you've missed. Write down what you need to change. Number three, put together a final and detailed outline for the book. Number four, give the book a short descriptive title. You're going to give the book, the whole book, a short descriptive title. That title needs to be short, descriptive, and it needs to capture what the book is about as a whole, as a completed unit. Like you need to try to capture it. Now, that's not always going to be easy, but do your very best and giving it a title. And here's the reason why. Because if you get, if you, if you were to outline all 66 books, from that point on, you'll be like, okay, someone names a book, Isaiah, boom. Someone names it, boom. You just throw out these titles because those titles would capture all the contents of the book. It would, it would summarize it. It would condense it. It would make it easy for you to remember everything in every book. Step five. Summarize what you believe are the major themes and conclusions of the book. I want you to summarize, just writing them out. What are the major themes and conclusions of the book? Do not refer to commentaries. These are your, what you believe to be the major themes. This is what you believe are to be the conclusions of the book. What do you believe the major themes, the major, what's the major conclusion of the, what do you, what do you conclude from the book? Like, my conclusion that this book was what, what, what? Now, there's lots, now, guess what? This leads to major disagreements. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. 
I, I, I use the same examples I use all the time because, because they work so well. Hebrews. A lot of people will conclude that the book of Hebrews is to tell us that Jesus is better. That sounds good, right? But if they give me the major themes, it will go something along these lines about soteriology and that, no, you can't lose your salvation, but it demonstrates that you may not be saved. They get into a big, a lot of soteriology will be in their major themes. And I think they missed the whole point. The book of Hebrews is a book written to Jews just a few years before the destruction of the temple. The warning passages are not about people losing their salvation. It's about written to a people who are about to lose their entire religious system. If they cling to that religious system, they're not going to have a sacrifice for sin. They, there's not going to be any way to go back and repent. There's not going to be anything. The, Judaism is about to be wiped from the face of the earth. And what we have today is nothing close to biblical Judaism. They don't have a temple. They don't have a priest. They don't have a sacrifice. They don't have anything. All right. So, so this, when you look at it from that history, this is warning the Jews, your religion is about to no longer exist. You need a replacement and you need a replacement that is better. So, so you have to, that's the major theme, right? That's the major theme. First John, I see first John, everyone says the major theme here is to prove whether you're saved or not saved. And then we have to grade on a curve and all the, no, it's a polemic against Gnosticism. This is like, hey, you're either following Christ or you're following Gnosticism. But uh, we, we can work through all of that. So just summarize the major themes and conclusions of the book. This is, this should not be overwhelming to you. You've been through the book now multiple times. You've been through all the chapters, all the verses. You, at this point, you're going to be walking around like an expert in the book. You should already, it shouldn't require more than maybe 30 minutes for you to try to just finesse this and maybe an hour to try to work it out. Okay. Here I believe are the major themes and here are the conclusions. Then step six, very simple. Write out three lessons you learned from your study. Three lessons. Now, these lessons may be specifically about the text. You can add lessons like, well, I learned that I need to do this better in my study. Just three lessons. Just three lessons. I don't care what the lessons are. Three lessons. I mean, you've, you've spent a lot of time. You probably have some lessons. And then write out at least three applications. Now, remember, the applications. Based off my study of the book, here is what I'm going to do. It's got to be specific. It's got to be personal. It's got to be practical. It's got to be provable. It's got to be measurable. Something you are actually going to put into practice as a result of the book. And that's it. See why I was adding a lot of extra principles and ideas and... and, and uh, explaining and and maybe offering maybe some subtle rebukes okay because i because the the steps here for the synthesis method is actually quite simple but by the time you get to this part you've done all the hard work remember how i said that in a roundabout way book background it's just kind of easy and fun and it's really not that hard to work other than just writing things down and then book survey you kind of start kind of start up the hill just a little bit, right? You kind of, you kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's not too bad. And then book uh, chapter analysis, you're like, uh-oh, now you're like climbing that hill and it's hard work. Book synthesis, whew, you're just coasting. I mean, really, it's pretty simple to put, to, to, to do the book synthesis.
because you've done. And the reason the book synthesis is so simple, you've done all the work in the background, the survey and the analysis. All right. So let's go through the steps. Step one, you reread the book. How many times class? How many times? I know most of everyone in my church would say five times because that's the rule I always give. But in this case, two times. Two times. I'm trying to reduce the requirements that are typically given here. Reconsider. You, all you need to do, write down anything you think you've missed and write down anything you think you need to change. Step three, put together a detailed final outline. Final detail. This is it. This is your chance to put down, outlining the entire book. Step four, give the book a short but descriptive title. Step five, summarize what you believe are the major themes and conclusions of the book. Do not look at anything else. Don't look at a Bible handbook. Just nothing. Right? This is you. This is you. Step six, write out three lessons you learned from your study. And step seven, write out three applications. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous steps, you're probably like, okay, this doesn't seem like, like, how do I really use this? It's in conjunction with the others. That's why it requires the background method. It requires the survey method. It requires the analysis method. Then it requires the synthesis method. Put together, you get the most comprehensive book Bible study method ever put together. And I truly believe that it's the most comprehensive. The only one I think we could possibly tweak is the analysis method. Analyst method, analysis method. I think it's the, I think it's the only one that could be tweaked a little bit. I, I think, I think we could clean it up a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll put it together soon. So here's what's going to happen, right? since we have a little extra time. I'm going to sign in to the curriculum. I'm going to sign into the curriculum. And remember, this is free to anyone who wants to participate with it and have the curriculum. Just email me, newsif at yahoo.com. It's been the same email for like 20 years. All right. Um, let me put in all my info here. Okay. Now, if you're following the curriculum, you'll notice that we're currently doing a study on forgiving your neighbor. I did a stu- I did some teaching on that earlier this morning. Starting Sunday, we're going to talk about sharing Christ with your neighbor, all right? That that will be pretty simple and pretty straightforward. Then the very next week, right? So we have on Sunday we start the we start the new study then the very next Sunday, we will begin a study. Oh, actually, hang on. Take that back. Wait a minute. I got to go to the other study. Hang on. We, uh, we will switch to the Explore the Bible curriculum. For anyone who knows, we, we're paying extra so that everyone has access to two different curriculums, right? Four, four study guides, right? I think it's four study guides, two different curriculums. We're, we're giving people a lot of options, and we're, and we're doing it for free. We're, we're not charging you anything. So I'm hoping people will take an opportunity. But at that moment, all right, so this coming Sunday, we'll introduce a, 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 we'll finish our study about basically your neighbor. 
then the very next week, I will introduce a study in the book of Amos. Now, if you look up in the table of contents, right? If you look in your table of contents and you look at Amos, right? I want you to make sure you see that as a portal that we're going to be stepping into. So you know what we're going to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to jump over to Amos really quick. Here it is. The book of Amos is nine chapters long. Nine chapters long. Here's what we'll do. We're going to do a book background on the book of Amos. We're going to do a book survey on the book of Amos. We're going to do a chapter analysis on the book of Amos. And then we're going to do a book synthesis on the book of Amos. Maybe we should, I, I, I may change it. Give me a second here. I, I, hang on. Let me, before I get, that's my plan, but I may change it here. Amos is kind of, kind of long. Um, let me see here. How many chapters? Micah is seven chapters. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you four options that we can do the background, survey, chapter analysis, and synthesis. Here's your options. And, and, and whatever the majority choose, Amos, Jonah, Hosea, or Micah. Now, I, see, I, I would argue don't pick the book you already know. Let's pick a book you don't know because to, really, to really make it a little bit challenging and to, to make it very profitable. Which book would you choose, Amos, Jonah, Hosea, or Micah? Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Just say which book. Even if you don't participate, even if you're not going to do it, you will at least hear us work on that book and you'll benefit from hearing what we're, you'll, you'll just kind of sit back with popcorn and a Coke and watch us do all of the work. I don't care as long as you gain something from it. But I would really like to challenge you to get off the couch, move to the table, grab a Bible notebook a pencil, and some reference tools, and join us as we use the most comprehensive book Bible study method ever put together for either Amos, Jonah, Hosea, or Micah. Which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? Let me know. All you have to just send it, newsifyahoo.com. Just put Amos or just put Jonah or just put Hosea, Micah. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say hi. You don't have to say hello. You don't have to say anything. You don't even have to give me a reason why. I'll just look at it. And then I'm going to basically try to go with the majority. That's what I'm going to try to do. All right. I would like us to kind of get, uh, we're going to try to get a head start on some of this. So let me know. And uh, you're going to hear probably sermons from these books. You're going to hear lots of content. That's really, really, we'll probably do some sermon reviews. We're, we're going to have a good time. We're going to make it fun. Put it this way. When you're done, Whichever one of these books we choose, I'm honestly going to say you're going to be pretty close to an expert on it. I really think you're, I can get you there. I think I can get you close to there. That doesn't mean when I say an expert, an expert on the contents of the book, right? It's one thing to be an expert on the contents. That doesn't mean we understand everything. We can interpret everything. That means we've observed everything. Amos, 
Jonah, Hosea, Micah. Amos, Jonah, Hosea, or Micah. Which one will you choose? Newsif at yahoo.com. All right, that concludes it. We've reached the end. Officially, we've reached the end of the most comprehensive book Bible study method ever put together. You've learned the book background method. You have learned the book survey method. You have learned the chapter analysis method. And now you have been taught the book synthesis method. Bible study methods are wonderful. Bible study methods are great. But they're not so wonderful and they're not so great if you just keep them in your mind or just leave them on a shelf. They're to be utilized and you engaging in one of the most honorable things, one of the greatest gifts ever been given to you, one of the greatest opportunities ever been given to you as a sinner. You have the honor and the privilege and the, and the opportunity to study the actual word of God. As sinners, we don't deserve that opportunity. As sinners, we don't even deserve to touch it, see it, or even understand it. But God in his mercy and grace put his revelation in written form so that you and me, the average person, can read it, can study it, can memorize it, and can grow because of it. But if you really want to study it, Well, you either will use a method or you'll just kind of stumble around pretending to study. I've given you the method. Please use it. If you need any help, all you got to do is email me. And I'll, I mean, I'll be back in front of this microphone before you know it. I'll be right here. Go, okay, wait, wait, wait. Someone's got a problem. Someone's got to go. Stop everything. We're going to stop our study. We're going to work on this issue together. And then I'll present everyone. Hey, I got an email. Here's the problem. Obviously, I don't give your name. And they're like, hey, what do you think, guys? And then we'll work together to try to fix it and try to help you. That's my my pledge and my what I, I will commit to you. I'm here to help you. Right? Not And I'm, we're not putting all of this behind some paywall we have to pay $10 to get to it. No, we're doing this all for free. And so we want you to utilize it and find other people. So we've got just Sunday, we finish this week's study. Sunday, we introduce next week's study, which is about sharing Christ with your neighbor. And then boom. In fact, maybe even early next week, we may already start introducing uh, the study on uh Amos. Well, I, actually, I, we'll just see what people, I, I, I think we're going to just focus on one book. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, uh, we'll just see what people choose, and then we'll go from there. All right. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'm going to stop now and give you the opportunity to start preparing yourself for what I hope will be a very, very, very helpful very beneficial, and very beneficial to your spiritual life, Bible study. I hope you will be ready. I hope you will participate. I hope you'll share this with as many people as possible. And let's all work together to study the Word of God in the most comprehensive way possible. Thanks for listening.